Storm Bowling Products. The Bowlers Company presents the Storm Collegiate Spotlight with Steve Klimkin and Tim Berg. Storm's Executive Director of Marketing and Above180.com's Tim Berg are going to introduce a variety of collegiate players, coaches, and key people involved in promoting the sport of bowling. Now, here's Coach K and Tim Berg. Well, joining us for part two of the Storm Collegiate Spotlight is USBC's Executive Director, Chad Murphy. Now, this is our second part, like I said, of the podcast. First part, we focus more on the collegiate play and some of the new rule changes for this year. Also, just a quick heads up, some new news has came out regarding Junior Team USA and some of the changes and some things going on there. Me and Steve had a chance to chat with Chad. It was a couple weeks back, so that's why we did not ask Chad to address some of these new uh, new issues that came out. But do want to pick up right here in this interview where Steve's first question is going to be regarding the PWBA. Hey, just a, a, a little bit separate topic here now, Chad. I mean, the PWBA, I mean, the second season now, it's been um, really successful. I know we went from 10 tournaments last season, got up to 14 tournaments here, and we still have the uh, PWBA Tour Championships uh, to come. What are what are your thoughts a little bit? I mean, having been around there and watching some of the shows and stuff like that, we just had the recent showing that they had um, for Lexington. I think we had... Uh, um, scoring patterns, and we were talking about that scoring integrity, integrity of the sport and stuff, um, lane conditions, uh, patterns, and that kind of stuff. Are you happy with the kind of scoring that you're seeing on the PWBA tour? Is there any thoughts or comments on on that? I know uh, you know you've got some some outstanding players out there, and it seems like you know just watching some of the Kelly Kulix and Shannon O'Keefe's and stuff, or you know you've seen them having a little hard time kind of getting lined up from time to time. Is that has that being discussed at all? Yeah, I mean, our our goals when we sat down with um, Gus Falgen and Kegel and we started talking about the patterns is we, we obviously wanted um, to crown champions who, who really, you know, earned that moniker, um, you know, through the competition and playing multiple angles. Uh, last year we had a great year, I would tell you, in that space. Um, and this year has been, you know, just kind of a follow-up. U.S. Open was extremely difficult. Uh, for the ladies, it was a, a wonderful test. A lot of them were, you know, actively talking about it. But amazingly, that's it's what they want too. I mean, they they want to be challenged, as our our junior gold kids do. I mean, when we do surveys at that level, it's amazing how many of them uh, want the tougher stuff. They they don't want them easy. And and I, I think through the way that that's been managed, these girls uh, with collegiate in the middle, um, you know, we're we're servicing the customer, but but at, at real you know a real high level, we're we're setting the standard for the sport um, through this wonderful vehicle that is PWBA, and the ladies have been wonderful ambassadors for us for us for the sport. Um, it's been a lot of fun to to watch and be a part of, um, and and I, I think it you'll just see a kind of a continuation of that moving forward. Um, it, it's it's an easy thing to get excited about um, when you're when you're crowning champions in the way that we are in that space, um, and they've been wonderful ambassadors for us. Well, along those same lines, uh, Chad, as we're talking about things, you hear it from the youth, like you're saying, and the the ladies out on tour, they want the challenging conditions. So, what are the biggest challenges? Because in leagues, sometimes that we're met with resistance for that, and people want to average two thirty five. And such. So I guess with regard to, you know, respect to getting those younger players, because it's almost like sometimes I see this just the college players that I hang around with, 
they're like, oh, it's a house pattern, and it's almost like a, it's a letdown for them that they have to actually go and bowl in a you know in an adult league. That's a just a your normal house pattern. So how is the USBC trying to handle that with respect to adult membership and getting those the junior gold kids and the younger kids and the collegiate players to uh, you know to bowl adult leagues and stay uh, stay members. Well, I think that comes through in a, an affinity for the sport. I mean, it, it, I mean, let's face it, our game, you know, kind of starts out as an extracurricular activity with a, a small child, and and through the development and skill instruction that they uh, get better. And and I'm not talking about 220 to 240. I'm talking about 53 to 75 to 90. You know, you create an affinity for the sport. And I get that that some folks are disappointed because league hasn't evolved that way, but. At this point, we're really focused on those kids and moving them through the ladder and moving them into adult leagues and having that affinity be so great that they can see the difference between what a recreation is and a sport. And I would tell you, for the most part, league bowling um, really is truly recreation. You know, a guy that works, you know, eight to five, 60 hours a week and then goes and bowls on a Tuesday night, you know, doesn't generally want to bowl on a sport pattern. But, uh, um, you know, somebody that, that comes through that same space may bowl in a league similar to that, but they also bowl tournaments. And so we're really focused on our tournaments and kind of returning the, the tougher shots, if you will, typically, you know, historically called sport, um, to be representative of that. And I, I think long term, if we can separate, you know, in the lingo and the language, but also in the execution and even in the rules as we move forward, separate the recreation from the sport, um, less of those things will, will be a problem. Obviously, our proprietors, you know, who, who own the bowling centers, the walls, if you will, they've got to service a customer. And for the most part, that customer wants to bowl on that softer pattern. And so they will continue to do so. But here at USBC, um, we're really committed to having our, our events be a cut above that um, true sport, if you will, in its, in its purest sense. And um, and so that's how we'll we'll keep wor- working towards it into the future. So you know you talk about competition a little bit, Chad, and, and I gotta tell you, like right now, um, I, I'm a big fan. I don't know if, if you are of the Olympics, and we got Rio, and I'm I, I'm find myself kind of glued to the TV every night watching all the different competitions and stuff like that. Were you disappointed in bowling not getting into the Olympics for 2020, and in you know? It seemed like we had a great chance to actually get in this t- this time around. Is uh, is that something that disappointed you as well? Oh sure. I mean, you know, the idea of bowling in the Olympics. I mean, if you're a, a bowling enthusiast and have been for as long as I know you have and I have too, um, you know, that's a a, a pretty high uh, ground to talk about in relation or or to be married to as a sport. And so, yeah, disappointment would be the key word, but. But, you know, it also drives you to move towards the next step and, and become more committed, you know, to the future offering, if you will. Um, when I came in, there was a commitment by the industry. We were working towards 2024, and um, and uh, Kevin Dornberger, World Bowling, were kind of leading the effort with a group called Friends of Bowling, um, and, and that's been, you know, kind of fun to be a part of. But um, we're very hopeful that, that we'll, you know, have another opportunity um, we're kind of hoping LA gets selected in 24 and, and we'll see what happens from there. And, um, you know, maybe work with our friends at USOC uh, on top of the world bowling efforts. Um, disappointment for sure. Um, 
but the the work you know doesn't stop in trying to make it happen and 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 we'll keep looking forward to the best ways to do that well, I definitely like that you know that kind of sort of enthusiasm and commitment you know towards uh towards getting in the olympics but what what do you think was our our biggest barrier this go around or what do you think will be our biggest uh toughest hurdles to you know overcome getting into twenty twenty four yeah, I think, you know, so much of it is youth appeal. I mean, I think sponsorships or lack of sponsorship are are, are negative. I think, you know, a lot of lots been made about, you know, scoring and some of those things. But I, I think they're the bigger issues. I think it's uh, bowling, um, the organization of it worldwide, and specifically the youth area, you know, could be improved in some major ways. And I think if we're willing to do that, we'll have a better chance to get in. I think if we had some larger brands, um, that are involved in our sport uh, through a sponsorship perspective, I think the IOC would take notice. And and I think those are probably the two biggest pieces where we, we need improvement. You know, the PWBA and the way we're operating that, you know, we have a, a high end of the sport, you know, now again for women. The PBA has been there a long time, the longest running uh, sports program on ESPN since 1979. I mean, uh, you just can't, you know, you, you can't have people take notice without those things, the aspirational value uh, of a sport to a child. And um, and I think if we can improve in those areas worldwide, um, and we'll try to set the standards for that here in the U.S. Um, with the commitment that we've made the last few years, um, I, I think if we just continue doing that, um, someone will take notice. Having brands like Smithfield and Nationwide involved um, you know, with a, a PWBA will we'll certainly help as well moving forward. So, Chad, in reading between the lines and some of your comments, both online and, and what you've said today, it sounds like the, one of the main goals for the USBC is going to be to try to get kind of a uniform tournament rules set together, for whether it be a college tournament, whether it be junior gold, all the way up to the U.S. Op- uh, Open Championship to the U.S. Open. Is that a fair statement to make? Uh, somewhat. The only, you know, caveat I'd say to that is that, you know, uniformity still has to be customized to that competition. You'll notice at our short duration events, we post the pattern on site, uh, but, but folks don't get it until they get there where an open championships and ITCs, um, they, they don't see the pattern at, at all. And so we're looking for it. I, I wouldn't tell you that, that we have all the answers, and I know that offends some people, uh, but at this point in time, we're we're looking for what that you know quote unquote system of bowling is 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 supposed to look like, and um, the only way to do that is is test new ways. Some of the new ways uh, look similar to some of the old ways, um, but there's also you know new technologies that can be used to celebrate you know those pieces. But yes, the the tournaments being a cut above and getting focused on the retention aspect of tournaments and having them played at a, a higher level of of integrity is is certainly, you know, kind of where we're focused at right now and in, in in rebuilding a, a a better USBC and a, a better future for our sport. So what do you what do you see as kind of being sort of the biggest challenge as far as? Um, uh, maintaining and, and even growing entries there for, for the open championships moving forward? Um, you know, I don't know if there's a, a challenge in the short term in the, in the long term, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's, it's retention, you know, it, that's an easy answer. 
but we've got to get back to you know servicing the customer in some some quality ways. I think we did it years ago. I think we lost it. Um, we actually just got out of a business planning meeting for the Open Championships where we're talking you know five, six, eight years from now. Um, but I, I think the challenges are the the same as they've always been. You know, the tournament did very well when it moved around the country, um, and and we got a little bit stagnant there. And um, we stopped picking up that, you know, two to 300 teams every year that stayed three to four years. And so we've got to return to some of that. Um, some of the programs and the money, uh, you know, has, has certainly been something that, you know, has been uh, well documented and, and argued about through social media and some of those places. But um, we're putting a plan together that, you know, longer term, I think everyone will be, be satisfied by. Splitting into these three divisions offers a, a more peer-to-peer -peer environment where skill levels uh, are similar against your competition rather than having, you know, folks like, um, you know, I won't name any names, but, you know, everybody knows who, who we are, you know, the higher end of the sport, beating up on the low end of the sport. We put everybody in, in buckets to where, you know, another group can be successful within it. And um, we use tournament averages you know, in the future to determine those buckets instead of league averages. To get there, we had to roll out both. And, and it, I was a little disappointed by it that we didn't get there to begin with. But, um, you know, moving forward to, to having people land in those buckets based on their performance in that environment, I, I think is a huge piece of, of fairness that has to be created uh, moving forward. Handicap is a, you know, a, a good piece of our world. Uh, on the recreational side, but it has no place um, in, in sport in its truest sense. And so if you're going to hold competitions with, with people that are of varying skills, you've got to create a, a flighted system to where they can compete within those flights. And, and you know, the future will hold uh, tournament averages that create that um, rather than league averages. But you know, Rome wasn't built in a day. We've been declining, you know, since, you know, 1975. And I know folks would like to have it happen faster, but I would tell you we're, we're pedaling as, as fast as we can on the bike. And um, I think if we are given an opportunity to really, you know, do that good work, I think everybody will be happy, you know, five to eight years from now. It, it's just going to take us a while to get there. And we are going to leave it there for part two. That is going to conclude part two of our interview with USBC's Executive Director, Chad Murphy. Do you want to pick up, though, on the other side, we're going to talk to Chad a little bit more about the integrity of the sport of bowling and what is being done to keep things in place and move towards that direction a little bit more when it comes to tournaments and more even tournaments on a local level, not just the USBC Open Championship and some of the more national tournaments that we've been discussing uh, here. So we'll pick that up on the next show with Chad.